guys. Thank you for listening to the Perfectionist Podcast again. I'm your host, Dr. Dre, and today's verse of the day in the Hawaiian Pigeon Bible is Philippi 2.5. All you guys figure like this, just like Jesus Christ. And translated into English, Philippians 2.5, have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And for today's random advice from brightside.me, fed up with boiling water every single evening, just heat up 340 fluid ounces, bring it to a boil, and then pour it into 10 liter Coke bottles and freeze it for future use. That will save you so, so much time. Pre-boiled water, that's the way we should be going, America. Also, can I just get a round of applause? We have over 100 plays on all of the podcast out so far. That really encourages me, and I hope you guys are learning from something. And don't worry, it's not just going to be my voice this whole time. I have an interview coming up this next weekend. I'm going to be interviewing some family members. So hang in there. It's not going to just be me forever. This is going to be a shorter episode. We're going into who is God? He is our father. So we're going to go look into verses that describe God as our father. We're going to prove that God actually cares about us a little bit more than the rest of creation. And as his children, what are we supposed to do? How do we fit in the picture? So let's dive into it. I'm going to be in just one chapter today. So I'm going to be in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I have lots of favorites, but this is one of my go-to scriptures when talking about a lot of different things because it's so rich and so filled with such great content. But today we're going to focus on the aspect of God's fatherliness him caring for us, and our ability to just go to him and rest in his presence. If you want to reference this later, again, it's Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Let's go ahead and read through all of it, then I'll go back and break it down in order of the topics and bullet points that I just said. We're not going to break it down in order of verse by verse because that's a whole different story or lesson in there. I'm just going to kind of pick out the highlights of God's fatherliness in this. So let's go ahead and read the verses. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you're going to put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not as much clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is for the day is its own trouble. The main verse we're going to be focusing on today is that verse 26. Um, and that's where we get 
God is our Father. It's stated clearly and plainly there. It's also stated in a lot of other books of the Bible. Pretty much any book has a reference to God as our Father. And if you think about it on earth, our fathers are those who birthed us and we share their attributes and kind of replicate, mirror their personality traits sometimes. Um, we take on some of their physical traits. So that's just kind of like a bond um, and as well as a replication or something that was made out of something else. So we are made out of God's image and he's a father to us like that. And he's also a father to us in the fact that he cares for us as his own children. And also, I know I said I wasn't gonna be jumping around too much. In John chapter one, it says, whoever believes in him and believes on his name, he gives the right to become children of God, born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So that's another reference of God being our father and a father figure to us. And then let's look at verse 26 again. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? This segues into my next point that God cares for us as his kids. Um, we are his creation and we are made after his image. He is a father and we are his children. So that's how we fit into the picture here. And that's a very important because he wouldn't be a father without children. Another really cool side note, um, if you look back into Genesis, notice how he created the earth and created a place for us to dwell before he even put us in that earth. So he had us in mind when creating. And I just think that's a really beautiful picture of he prepared a place for us, hence he's going to prepare another place for us because we ruined the first one. But he prepared that before he brought us into it. And so that's just really neat and a little tidbit for you to chew on. God values us above his creation. So he protects and provides for the birds, the lilies, the dogs, the cats and he provides for creation in itself, how much more valuable are we than that creation? That plant, yes, it worships God and shows his glory, but doesn't have an intimate relationship with God because it's a plant and plants can't have intimate relationships. They can't carry conversations. They can show his glory and demonstrate his glory and we can worship by admiring the plants and admiring God's glory in them, but the plant itself does not have a relationship with God. Same thing with animals. Yes, animals have brains, but they don't have a spirit necessarily. Somebody's gonna hate me for this, but dogs don't have souls. And so we are more valuable than the dog, than the cats, than the birds and the plants, but they're thriving out there and God has taken care of them. So he takes care of his children. The third and last point I'm going to get into today is how should we act towards God as his children? So in this passage, Jesus is basically telling us, don't stress about it, bro. God's got it. God will take care of you. So what were we made to do? Why as children were we put on this earth? It's pretty simple, actually. We were made to glorify God, have babies, and have dominion over the earth. And we kind of broke that first task as humans to glorify God and to be in a relationship with him and to walk and talk with him whenever we decided that we wanted to be on his level. It's never a good thing. And so that was broken. The dominion over the earth thing, well, look at all the oil in the ocean, look at all the pollution everywhere. Now my right fans are gonna hate me, my left fans are gonna love me, but honestly, if you look at our planet, we've done a poor job of having dominion over it. 
And the fact that there are starving people in the world just demonstrates that even further. And then the last one, having babies. I think we did pretty good at that one. We're still failing in a lot of ways, a lot of ways on that one, but we're not gonna go into that today. Those are our three tasks. And um, so far as the human race, we've done a pretty crappy job of obeying our father in that manner. So my charge to you today is to get your act together. I know I need to too. Carry out those tasks and really listen and obey your father in heaven because he does care for you. And this um, verse right here in verse 33, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So God provides for us because he is a father, right? And let's look at the prodigal son a little bit. That one son cashed out his inheritance, went and blew it all. His father did not keep depositing money into his bank account. His father didn't send some servants after him to go check up on him all the time. His father wasn't doing that. It took that son coming back home for his father to replenish his wealth. So if you're in a spot where you're like, I am doing terribly, I don't feel blessed, I don't have any joy or peace, maybe check and see how far you are from God. God does actively seek after us, but He can't give us our provisions and the gifts He wants to give us until we submit to Him and turn back to Him. My encouragement to you as a child of God is to just admit you can't do this life on your own. We can't be perfect. We can't be God. We can't take care of ourselves completely alone. We have to have God in the mix. If you have nobody else on earth, you have to have God because he will take care of you. He will protect you. But in order to abide and to just rest in his arms of protection, you have to come back to him. And some ways you can come back to him. You can talk to him for one, take a few minutes a day. And I've started writing down my prayers because I stay more focused and don't go on rabbit trails. Talk to him, get to know him. So we are provided with this really, really great book called the Bible and we can read it, but we can also memorize it. You can hide your, his word in your heart so you don't sin against him again. And that's really key, I think, to our walk with God is knowing his word by heart. You don't have to know it word for word exactly. You don't have to know the Greek and Hebrew, but know what he stands for. Know certain passages of the Bible that really speak to you and hide those in your heart so that whenever you don't have access to your Bible, you can call on those words. Whenever you're in such bad situations, the spirit can bring those out of your memory and your subconscious and say, and speak to you through that. And that is key to communicating with God is knowing what he's already told you in the past and he will take that and go forward with it. In my closing statements here, I just want to remind you all that God is your father and you can go to him about anything. He cares for you deeply. He already knows what's going on in your life. So if you're embarrassed to talk to God about something, don't be because he already knows. And as um, King Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun, so he's seen it before. Kind of like going into an ER and being really embarrassed about something. They've probably seen it before or worse. So don't be embarrassed to go to God. Don't be scared to go to God about anything. Just humble yourself, say, God, I don't mess up. Um, I got myself in this situation. How, how do I go about this? And, he cares for you. He was probably cracking up because you're so stupid, but he will care for you and carry you through. Yes, you might get hurt in the process because you done messed up, 
but he really does care for you, so don't be afraid to go to him as your father. My closing gospel for today, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That is the entire Bible summed up in one sentence. Um, Definitely not the whole Bible in summary, but that is the theme of the gospel and the Bible. And that's why it's such a popular verse and probably the only verse a lot of Christians have memorized. But it is really, really great. And just some fun facts after if you're still listening. Um, Verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people love darkness rather than light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed, but whoever does come, does what is true, comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So, run to the Father, as Corey Asbury said. And peace out, my bros. Next podcast, we'll be talking about God is holy, and then the next one, we will have a interview with my good friend, Caitlin, talking about the fullness of God and how God will fulfill you. Also, side note, I'm working on a biblical crimes podcast, so we're going to go through all the crimes in the Bible, so this is going to take years to get through, but it's going to be fun. Um, We're just going to go through, like, you know, you listen to your serial killer podcast. Let's just look at the stories in the Bible. They will be dramatized a little bit, a lot of it probably, because it doesn't give us a dramatic version in the Bible, just gives us facts. So these will be based on stories in the Bible, may change few little details or add a few details to make it interesting and I will specify this is not the exact story go read it for yourself but this is based on the story precursor um so yeah that's all thank you guys for listening so much peace out bros